How's it going, me old mucker? Pretty swell as it goes, Elliot. Luke, have you had some work done? You look damn right radiant. You're glowing, mate. Your forehead's shining like the midday sun. Your cheeks are shimmering like a lightning strike. And your nose is polished like a ruby red Ferrari. Oh, yeah. I'd like to say I always look this good, but I'd be lying if I did. I've just been for a mini facial, actually, at that salon, Blush Beauty by Lauren. Had the works, mate. Soaps, oils, serums, moisturisers, hot flannels. Hot flannels? Hot flannels. I feel relaxed, nourished and rejuvenated. A bit of me time and I'm like a new man. I'm jealous. Does she do manicures by any chance? Does she, heck? She does gel manicures, full manicures, pedicures, tinting, facials, piercings and massages. Service with a smile and friendly conversation. Sounds a scream. What about the products? Are they ethical? You bet. All products used are natural-based, cruelty-free and vegan-friendly. You see, I've been looking for someone to do my bikini wax for Coachella 2021. Would she do that? Too right she would, which is a huge relief for me, I have to say. She does Brazilian, Hollywood, back, chest, full, half. All bases covered. Result! I might take a look at her range of treatments and buy my mum a gel pedicure for her birthday. Beats the yearly bottle of bubbly and a bar of soap. So why not treat yourself? Or a loved one with a treatment from Blush Beauty by Lauren. A range of beauty treatments at great prices. Like her on Facebook or pay her salon a visit located at Energique Health Club and Spa, Anstey Lane, Alton Hampshire, GU34 2NB. That's Blush Beauty by Lauren. Honestly, mate, it's done your appearance wonders. You might finally get a girlfriend. You think? Nah, just joking. Welcome along to You Have Been Watching, the podcast that invites a different guest each episode to choose some of their favourite telly shows. They'll be asked to pick four separate shows from each of our categories and a couple of bonus choices as well. Why? Because they've won our made-up competition to spend a weekend away at a luxurious travel lodge in the heart of Preston. Joining me as ever for this televisual adventure is Luke Bateman, lover of hula hoops, hexagons and head starts. And straggling along at sloth speed is my best mate and arch nemesis, Elliot Williams, hater of spiders, celery, and some people that don't say thank you when you hold the door open for them. Hola, you all right? Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. We've been to Bristol, haven't we? We have been to Bristol. <laughs> it's been fun. I knew that, of course, yeah. uh, because I was there. But I had a nice time. Did you have a nice time? It was nice, wasn't it? It but- was good. You tried to take me up the, the bridge. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I was going to say, I don't force you to do anything you want to do. I did. I tried to take you uh, to the Clifton Suspension Bridge. We did go. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. As I've always said, if I want to see a view, I will just search on Google Images for that view and find a better crystallised quality version of what I want to see. But it's not the same, is it? It's not the same as the journey and the beautiful view at the top of the summit. It's not like climbing Mount Everest. And the heartache and the muddy shoes. There's no muddy shoes. Uh, but we had a nice time, didn't we? We uh, went to go visit an old chum of ours who's living down there at the moment. Uh, we went for a few pint skis at the old pub. We did have a few brew skis, didn't yeah. we? Um, we? We won't say what pub it was, but it, it was a very nice establishment. It was in it? King Street. It was. It was the King Street pub. <laughs> a big shout out to them. We went to go watch some football, didn't we? And then we got uh, oh, yeah. kicked out at 20 to 10. 
when the yeah. government ruling at the moment is 10 o'clock, the curfew. Well, they wanted to be careful, didn't they? Well, uh, I think it was really annoying, actually, because the whole point of going there and to give them our four hours of trade was to get the football, which was going to end at 10 to 10. Mm. We got kicked out at 20 well, to 10. Well, you put up a fight, didn't you? Well, I tried. You smashed a glass over it. <laughs> I didn't really, guys. Uh, but I did put up a fight. I said something like, um, but the football's not going to finish until 10-2. And he said, yeah, I know. We said, all right, not to worry. We're not to worry. So it was we'll, we'll such go. a brawl, wasn't it? <laughs> but that was quite annoying. But other than that, we had a lovely a lovely time. Yeah, it was we? nice. I enjoyed Bristol. I'd never been before. I asked you if it was going to be something like Liverpool or Wales when we got there. Well, actually, you asked me if it was going to look like Greenfield with some houses because that's how you imagine Wales to be. And it's close to Wales. <laughs> but it does turns out to be a city doesn't it uh, but the coat's on now it's going into autumn isn't it and it's going to the yeah. wintry months which you always said is your prime i've always said that i come alive uh, around about the 22nd of october yeah so you're you lay dormant from you know new year's eve to october i'm not a spring person i'm not a summer person i can't get involved in all this festival nonsense i can't pretend to be enjoying the sun because i hate it i burn i end up sad and having to sleep on my back rather than laying on my side <laughs> you lay on your side well, yeah. Well, you lay on your side to sleep well, no. <laughs> in the recovery position. <laughs> yeah. Do you? But you sleep like Dracula, though. So that's no one else sleeps. Like I only that. sleep like that when I'm sleeping next to other people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's going well for the future, isn't it? <laughs> I'm real sorry for your future. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Um, yeah, I like to sleep on my side. But that's bizarre. But when I'm sunburnt, you see, mm. I can't do that. I just can't believe you sleep on your side. What's so unbelievable about... Might have to run a poll. I, I think that's a bit weird, actually. I do. But, I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's freaky. Like I, don't, I don't think you should be in a circus. <laughs> but I, I just think that's a bit bizarre. You don't know what I sleep like in my own time, though. I sleep on my back like a normal person. But no one sleeps on their back. Yes, they do. They don't, Luke. Yes, they do. People sleep on the side. No, they don't. They, they don't sleep on their back with their arms crossed like they're in a goddamn coffin. No, the arms crossed is ridiculous, and I admit that, but I only do that because I'm self-conscious if I'm having to share a bed with a, you know, with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and it is only friends, I have to say. Well, well, we'll we'll find out. I wish we could ask this to our guest today, uh, but it's probably a bit inappropriate because we've got a, a politician on, and he's a bit more serious. Than and we recorded it three weeks ago. And we recorded it three weeks ago, <laughs> so there's no time anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, we've we've got Damien Hines, the politician, the former education secretary, and we recorded him in our local theatre, didn't we? Which was quite nice. We for did. The community. It was quite nice uh, to bring him into that local community. Nice bloke, actually. We purposely decided not to talk politics didn't we and i think that's the right decision because um we could have gone in there all guns blazing and tried to ask questions about covid about the government's uh, reactions to covid to furlough to all of this stuff but there's actually no point because that's not the show that we do here um we do fun telly chat don't we mm, exactly it's pre-watershed but you can say f- <laughs> I think we'll leave it at that. Oh, one more thing, David Bathurst. Ah, yes, I have a disclaimer, a very, very serious disclaimer. Uh, there's an actor that's in Downton Abbey in Cold Feet, and I mentioned him. I referenced him in this show. He's actually called Robert Bathurst, but I said David Bathurst in the actual show, and he plays a character called David in Cold Feet. That's why I said it. Strike one! <laughs> if I get another name wrong, Elliot's promised to kick me off the show. It is the Damien Hines episode of You Have been do you know what it is watching yeah enjoy so here on you have been watching we imagine that our special guest has won a weekend away in a hotel room in preston where all they can do is lie back and watch telly they'll be choosing four of their favorite ever tv shows and we'll be hearing why they've chosen them and what it means to them 
At the end, we'll also ask them which television personality they want to spend their weekend with and what they'd like to eat. Our competition winner today is Damien Hines. Born 27th of November 1969, presumably conceived around 27th of March 1969, Damien is a current British politician. After graduating from Trinity College at Oxford University with a handy degree in politics, he swiftly became a politician. He was elected the Conservative Party MP for East Hampshire in 2010 and is currently celebrating a decade in the job. He's had a glittering political career, having served as the government's assistant whip, exchequer secretary to the Treasury, Minister of State for Employment, and until 2019 was a Secretary of State for Education. Politicians in the UK right now are enduring a tricky moment, and perhaps deservedly so. The public have questions and society demand answers. So what better way to spend a golden hour with a senior Tory minister than asking which TV shows get him giggling like a toddler and whether he agrees with Elliot that salted peanuts are the devil's snack. Damien Hines really is joining us in an empty theatre auditorium wondering what on earth he's been put up to. Welcome Damien, thanks for coming, how are you and any discrepancies? It's great to be here, and I can confirm. <laughs> no, well, don't know. Should I confirm? Should I confirm no discrepancies? Anyway, it's close enough. <laughs> close enough. Good to know. Well, I hope you've been keeping well. It's been a pretty crazy period. Um, we've been trying to get you for about nine months, and we did have a date in the bag, and we've had to keep yeah. pushing it back for obvious reasons. But we want to do it in person, you. didn't we? Absolutely. Which was nice. It's always nicer when we can do it in person. Now, I'm sure you're about to jump right into this, Damon. But this isn't the first time we've shared the stage mm. together. Um, back in 2012, we uh, opened a fate together at our old school, Amory Hill School, uh, and this is a photo from oh, that wow. day. Uh, I'm do chucking I, across to you <laughs> in like a police interview type thing. I'm passing the photo across uh, and I'm standing there in what is a horrific polo shirt and shirt combination. Yeah, that yeah. fashion hasn't changed. Don't be a liar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I wow. thought I thought we were going to open it together, but there were two ribbons to cut, and you <laughs> cut the ribbon for all the children to scream and come in, and I was there trying to time it right, and it ended up just being all the grannies and the mothers coming in. <laughs> so it didn't have oh quite dear. the same oh jazz I that remember, I was expecting. I do remember that day, though, Elliot. It was um, it was a beautiful, beautiful day, uh, and uh, and actually the atmosphere at Amory that day was fantastic. It's great to see you again after <laughs> all this time. Eight years, a lot has changed. I think I was doing a splat the teacher at that time. Right, if I'm honest, yeah, I think I was yeah. running a stall. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, high up enough in power to get to cut ribbon. Well, <laughs> I was the prime minister of yeah. the school at the time, I year know. eight, youngest I'd ever been. <laughs> for your record, I was deputy whip. <laughs> <laughs> now, ten years representing the same constituency. However, mm. you look at it, that yeah. is a remarkable achievement. How does that feel coming up to your your decade anniversary? Has the job changed? Have you changed? Yeah, I think everything's changed. Um, certainly the job has changed. Job's changed quite a lot, actually, partly because of technology. I think like everything else in our lives, uh, social media has changed the nature of, you know, MPs' interaction with people in some good ways and in some bad ways, if I'm really honest. Um, we get higher amounts the, now of uh, correspondence, and that's great, being in touch with people. Um, but also, you know, as, a, as an individual, you change, right? And uh, some things, I suppose some things these days I'm less daunted by than I would have been back in 2010. Some things I'm still as nervous about as ever I would have been. I still genuinely feel the same degree of privilege every day. It's an amazing place to go to work, House of Commons, and every day when you walk through that archway and you see the sort of pictures, the statues of you know, hundreds of years worth of politicians, you realize how small you are uh, and how temporary you are. And you know, uh, the, the big thing is our democracy and it's, uh, it's an immense privilege to be part of it. 
I suppose if you've dreamed of being a politician or you've had an aspiration mm. to be one, going into the House of Commons every day, like you say, going for the Archways is the same as a football player going to play for their boyhood club or something. And every time they walk up to the stadium, you realise how insignificant and, as you said, temporary yeah. you are in the grand scheme of things when there's been hundreds of years of ancestry yeah. of players, etc., etc. Yeah, I guess so. Don't get me wrong, it's still, right, it'd still be good to be a professional football it'd player. Be but, I mean, <laughs> so set, set that aside. <laughs> yes, and I think it is really, really important, Luke, that you never, ever lose that sense of awe and that is true for politicians by the way I think it's true for football players as well and sometimes <laughs> yeah. you do see one you think what's the, what is the problem are you not being motivated enough yeah um uh, so yeah you must always you must always keep that and know how lucky we are you're representing people as well yeah. aren't you um, I was also going to ask so talking in talking in the, the chamber uh, you've done it for 10 years now because you've been in the job for 10 years do you still get as daunted by talking or has it got easier over the 10 years? Has it got harder? Some bits of it get easier and some don't. I am naturally a nervous public speaker, mm -hmm. um, but I do quite a lot of it. Yeah. And so I still get nervous before making so before making a big speech. I get nervous, but I also get nerve, nerves just standing up to ask a question in Parliament. Um, and I think, again, a bit like always remembering the privilege, I think in many ways, if you lose that sense of nervousness, Nervousness, it's maybe a sign you've been doing it too long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal being part of debating and in Parliament and questioning and holding the government to account and scrutinising what's going on. And that should feel nervy. On gov.uk, it says that your career outside of politics, this mm. is a quote, unquote, <laughs> for 18 years, it says you spent working in the pubs, brewing and hotel industries yeah. in Britain and abroad. I would love to know more about the pubs and also so the mostly, work. Yeah, mostly it was the hotels. I did, so yeah. I was... I was I spent a couple of years working for Green King, the uh, brewers and pub oh, company. Yeah. Uh, but for more of my career, I worked for Holiday Inn, which is a hotel chain, although happens to be owned by, or was then owned by Bass, no longer exists, but was a brewery and pub company. So oh. I've been in and around the hospitality business for, uh, for the vast majority of what was 19 years working in the private sector before the 10 years I've worked in politics. So yeah, hospitality uh, is my is my sort of spiritual home yeah. as a as a career. And yeah, I worked in, I was based in Belgium for a few years, three and a half years, I lived in Brussels, lived in America for a short while, just under a year in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and the jobs in the hotel business, the jobs I was doing were most, uh, not always, because it changed a bit over time, but particularly in the first few years, involved working with individual hotels there was a lot of traveling around holiday inns intercontinentals crown plazas and stuff across uh, across europe so i was really lucky in my early 20s i got to see got to see quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of europe and actually a bit further field as well some time in america a little bit in asia pack and did you, did you learn anything from the hospitality industry that you've been able to take on into politics it's just about being patient or being polite so hospitality is fundamentally a people business mm -hmm. and actually one of the nice things about if working in the hotel trade, you can tell. I, I remember turning up in Beijing on holiday and going to see someone who worked in our hotel chain. I'd never met them before, and you're kind of greeted like a long lost friend. <laughs> that is the nature of the industry; it's what holds it together. And I think um, it does well always to remember that in politics as well. It is also a people business, both in terms of you know us representing people you know, in my case here in East Hampshire, but also with each other in our own parties and across the floor. You only get things done by working with other people. Nobody in politics, nobody does anything alone. You can only get stuff done by making alliances, finding common interests, 
working out what makes the other person tick yeah. and getting together to get stuff done. Well, I'm sure a lot of interviews that you've done have asked you about the friends you've had in politics, maybe some enemies, who, who's nasty, enemies. who's nice. No. Um, <laughs> so we wondered, uh, would you rather have the ability to fly, be invisible or have X-ray vision? Didn't expect that, did wow. you? Didn't expect that. <laughs> uh, fly, fly. Why was that so quick? A bit sneaky being invisible. That's mm. what uh, I thought. And, we, we had this yeah, conversation yeah. Off a little bit as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, flying. I mean, just imagine. Mm. I mean, you do all of us look up some, just look up to the birds in the sky and just wonder, don't we? Mm. Whereas you can't really look at anything with X-ray vision and get up off an X-ray machine yeah. and say, I wonder what that's like. That's yeah. what I think. I, I feel like there's, it's a bit of, it's a seedy answer to go yeah, for invisible, is, even it? though yeah. that's what you said off air, so don't back well, Yeah, out. no, I would have gone invisible, I what, think. What are the perks of being invisible, I suppose? Well, listen, if you see someone down the street you don't particularly want to have a chat with, you can just kind of whiz past, mm. you know what I mean? That will be handy in politics. It would. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That's quite a good one. I've got another one for you, Damien. Here we go. Uh, would you rather your voice cracks in a high-pitched way every time you lick your lips or your hair grows a little bit every time you blink and that took five minutes to think of well so i don't <laughs> want to get too technical with you luke but i think your hair does grow a little bit every yeah, time uh, you yeah blink. okay we, 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 <laughs> we've had this we, we've been through well. we've been, been through done there <laughs> okay let's let's say triple speed so let's say that you have to basically probably have a haircut so every words, three days so is the, is the real underlying question do i think i blink too much or lick my lips too much is that the, uh, <laughs> it's not something um, this is not personal to I've you i've just done it now of course now i'm very self-conscious <laughs> about it they're I, not I, strict questions i think i am indifferent between those two <laughs> terrible options. I'm actually at the age now where as long as my hair does keep growing, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, you've skipped that one quite expertly. Well done. Okay, number three. Uh, would you rather go back to the past or go into the near future? I'd rather go into the near future because you shouldn't look back. But that is not to say that I am confident or entirely happy about some of what I think might happen in the near future. And that segues perfectly into, would you rather eat only spicy or really <laughs> bland food for the rest of your life? That'll be superb in the edit, oh, that one. Wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm on a bit of a journey. So yeah. until relatively recently, I would have been like, no spicy. Okay. Mm. And I have discovered that actually spicy foods can be really good. Yeah. And I think I was infected in, in, in a bad way mentally when I was much younger. So my experience, my earlier experience of curries tended to be like not great curries yeah. and quite late at night. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, know, you know the routine. Yeah, and so that, that is what you end up thinking. Okay. Yeah. And of course, that's not true at all. It's marvellous, uh, you know, variety of curries that you can have. So I'm getting a bit better. So I think probably now, if I had to make the choice, I'd say spicy only. How spicy would you go? I'm still discovering... I can get I can get pretty spicy. Pretty spicy. I can get pretty spicy. <laughs> we'll clip that. That's up, a good David. flex, that's, that, that, isn't that's it? A great <laughs> yeah, with water and you know, all that. You know, yeah. uh, and finally, moving on to TV, ever so slightly, mm. would you rather be stuck in a lift with Darren Brown, Mary Berry, or Harry Hill? So this is not the this is not perhaps the very the very choicest uh, choice. Uh, I'm going to say so. This one I would rather be stuck in the lift. Yeah. I'm going to have to go for Mary Berry just for being, I thought you were just for say being that. a I great national that. treasure. Yeah, yeah. She'd have a couple of good anecdotes, mm, wouldn't she? Yeah. She's a lovely lady. I've never liked Harry's collar thing. It's just, uh, I thought you might much. go Harry yeah, Hill because he's a doctor yeah. and he's maybe entertaining, but a bit annoying a little bit, isn't yeah. he? I kind, I kind of think. <laughs> Do you watch television? What's your relationship with television? So really, honestly, no. I there's some things I kind of have to watch mm, if you're a course. politician you have to but you do watch you know sunday morning political programs you have to know what's on the news uh, you get some of that from the radio some from telly uh, i watch news nights 
I watched the uh, Sky News, uh, tomorrow's papers, headlines, that kind of thing. And in all honesty, the amount of time you get to watch telly for pleasure is very, very small. This is compounded, by the way, slightly. It's not just because of politics. It's also because I have young children. So mm. then this is, will all be in your future yeah. <laughs> to, yes. to worry Look about. forward to it. A lot it of does, Peppa Pig. It yeah. does change everything, right? <laughs> so, but like everybody else, you know, with video on demand, uh, Netflix and stuff, that does change your ability to to watch some stuff. So Jackie and I, uh, we spend, well, we probably spend three hours a week that's pretty minimal. It's yeah. minimal. Yeah. And, and I know because partly because I was saying earlier, uh, I sit on the DCMS Select Committee, D uh, Digital Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee uh, in Parliament. And you know, we pour through the Ofcom reports on people's tele viewing habits. And yes, three or so hours a week is. Yeah, you must be shocked at the Ofcom minimal. Yeah, yeah, report. Yeah. Um, well, well, in fact, what's, what's really interesting in the, in the Ofcom reports is not so much the amount of time people watching telly, but how it's moving. People have always watched a lot of telly, and that's you know there's, there's always great telly on, and it's a bit of a balance. You don't want your children glued to the box, but actually for all of us, and we'll talk about some of this, I guess, in a minute. For all of us, growing up, some of what we remember, yes, it is about running around outside and playing and meeting other kids, but it is also about you know great programs, and there's there's a, an important role for that in people's lives. I think what's interesting, as I say, the way it's changing, and particularly with a generation that's growing up where it isn't even you know, BBC iPlayer or Netflix doesn't hardly shows up. It's just YouTube. Mm. That that is a very, very different um a very different experience and much less shared experience. So in, you know, if you're still doing this podcast in thirty years time or twenty years time and you're interviewing that generation, you may not the thing that they mention as their favorite, but you may not even have heard of because it's become more compartmentalized that is good in some ways because it means you know you're hitting people's interests directly but it's also you lose something you know you lose that i mean they call it a water cooler moment these days didn't you have, don't have many didn't of have these water days. Coolers when i was a kid no. but i mean it was just <laughs> the stuff you talked about in the playgrounds yeah and you d i think you lose some of that it's very true when we talk to, to cousins or relatives and we say what have you been watching they'll often say as you say youtube and they'll name us youtubers rather than yeah. even say i've been watching cbbc or citv yeah. that we used to and you're right it has changed a considerable amount how young are your kids damien and what what do they watch at the moment uh so they don't watch that much telly um i mean the, more, more than i do for uh, for pleasure but uh i'm now struggling a little bit to remember <laughs> some of the names of the some of the names of the things but yeah they'll well just sort of what, sunday what, morning sunday morning yeah. poor yeah. patrol and telly. Yeah. Pig, uh, that kind uh, of thing. Uh, not poor patrol actually so we've not been quite. through some, uh, we've That's been we, we've mm. been through the pepper pig phase and by the way i think pepper pig actually is a great show. That's there's, a scoop for us. There that is one. A, there's a moral usually in every in every story. You know, they're a, they're a family. They have their ups and downs, but actually, you're talking about Peppa Pig's family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a very loving family, and uh, I think yeah, I think there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said for it. And there is some very good stuff on. There's some good stuff on CBBS. Yeah, but they're watching terrestrial television. That's what I was interested in. They like, watch some. They're not watching they, they YouTube. Watch, no, not YouTube. They do watch some things on uh, Netflix as well. But they would typically be things that um, they are terrestrial TV programs, not YouTubers, mm -hmm. as the uh, as the phrase would go. Yeah. O only I watch things like occasionally. I say you know, what I watch for pleasure. I also 
because of trying to keep up with a bit with the way the world is changing. So I do occasionally watch a PewDiePie. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or even um, uh, what do you call it, JoJo Siwa, which obviously I'm not the target uh, demographic <laughs> for. But I think it is actually quite important to to see how how the world is how the world is changing. Because I mean, most grown-ups have, you know, if you list out the top ten uh, YouTubers and put their earnings next to them or their viewership figures and showed that to your average middle-aged man or woman. They haven't heard of any of these people. Yeah. Uh, Dude Perfect, I don't know if you've seen as these... You're um, quite good. More informed than us, actually. Yeah, you've really done uh, your research. Trick shots and stuff. I mean, actually, is like, wow. <laughs> it's like really good. Um, and, then, and then you get some of these very sort of niche type things, which people playing with slime and stuff, which you start to wonder <laughs> how anybody can watch more than one episode of. And they probably got five million views. And yeah, and they do yeah. have a lot of yeah. views. I mean, I think there is somebody in the top in the world top ten. It might be last year's or the years before, which was uh, you know a series about mm. slime. But sure. you've impressed me with your YouTube knowledge. I have to say, you're well more informed than us. <laughs> yeah, I know absolutely. Pie, yeah. It, it's a certain <laughs> level of you sort of have to be quite humble to watch things that are completely out of your comfort zone, <laughs> just and because you think you should. Well, yes, because then you can <laughs> keep up and you sort of know what's going yeah, on. I try to do that with children's television as well, and it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on with it. Congratulations, mm. Damien Hines. You've won a luxury weekend break <laughs> to the idyllic city of Preston, where you'll be spending all your time in the finest twin bedroom Preston's Travel Lodge has to offer. It's common knowledge there's little to do in Preston other than to sit in bed all day and watch television. We hope you have a pleasant stay. So we're going to whisk you off to Preston for a weekend on the old HS2 uh, for a sweet, sweet long weekend break to the Travel Lodge in Preston Central. It's quite a niche joke, that one. Really niche it? joke. And it's not even quite accurate either. And I spent so long on that. Why is it not accurate? Well, it's kind of on the line of HS2, but it's not the brand new one. Oh. It's, it's a complex, complex. When you have to explain your train joke. It, it yeah. So the thing about Preston, you know, Preston is on every side. You know, when you go north, yeah. uh, the M1, the M6, it's mm. like the one place that... Not Manchester or Liverpool or whatever. It's not everybody, you know, if they need to get to Preston, there's the sign. Have you ever been? I have been. I went to Preston. Can I only think of... I know, I've been to Preston twice, actually. I went one time uh, when I was Minister for Employment and it was a, like just a ministerial visit and see some of the folks working in job centres and helping people to try and f get their way back into work. And then the other time I've been to Preston was many, many years earlier. I went to see my dad graduate with his Open University degree. Oh, and that wow, was in the, in the Preston Guild hall i seem to recall wow well wow. you've got quite a prestigious history with preston <laughs> there you go. Uh, no we've been a bit naughty about using it because we've never been uh, we're just <laughs> knocking it for no reason uh, so you're going to get four tv options to take yes. for the whole weekend and you have to watch these on repeat for the whole weekend oh, wow. right, you're okay. also going to get to take a tv personality yep. and some food as well but we'll get on to them a yep. little bit later so first of all we're going to ask you to take a tv show that makes you think of your childhood Okay, so this would have been sort of later on in my childhood when I was watching this, but it was a it is a show about childhood. It's about grown ups called The Wonder Years, mm. and I think it is quite unusual in that it is a very very was at the time very very successful series, which isn't on now on anything. It's not on uh, Amazon Prime. It's not on Netflix. It's not on uh, HBO or any any of those services. Uh, and I've come to the point where I think I now need to get it on DVD uh, because it's... I don't know if you guys have Very seen modern. it. <laughs> the only thing I know uh, about it was on uh, ABC, I think, and it's an American show, right. a coming-of-age show, but that's, that's right. all I know. So, so tell Kev us a little bit about Kevin, what it was. Uh, I forget his surname now. Is, is it Kevin Arnold? Yes. I've got that in my brain. Send us around, I have heard send us around Kevin and his 
family. It's all about this, set in the ed, at the end of the 60s. It was way later that it was shown. And in this country, it was on Channel 4, I think. Um, end of the 60s, and Kevin growing up, and there's a girl called Win, Win Winnie Cooper, uh, who he sort of falls in love with. And it's just, it's very, very gentle, pretty, you know, heartwarming, familiar, soft comedy drama. And it's, it's all wonderful. about his suburban family yeah. and, and I mean, it couldn't be more it? ordinary. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what's mm. beautiful about it. You know, there are parts of it that you will remember from your own childhood, you know, like when you, your family moved house and wondering about who the neighbours are and going to school and being popular or unpopular and worrying about your appearance, worrying about your work, worrying about what you're going to do later in life. And the first time, you know, you fall in love or you think you've fallen in love or you're not really sure, all of that. And it's all there in this lovely uh, in this lovely series and as you say it was very gentle and yeah. lovely and it was so so popular wasn't it it won yeah. lots of emmys and all that kind yeah of thing. and they used to uh, with a little help from my friends part of the uh, that's right that was theme the, tune wasn't it yeah. yeah so tell us when would you watch the one years would it be after school would you have a little snack would you when would you be watching it would it be on a family tv would this you watch would it as been, a family yeah no no we wouldn't watch it as a family i don't think anybody else watched it. i think it was just me uh but it would have been i think it, well in those days of course telly was on whatever show was on one night a week unless it was Coronation Street or EastEnders. And I can't remember which night it was, but it would have been early evening, kind of tea time-ish, probably just before or just after, just after eating. And so, no, you would come home from school, tea, well, like a you know, tea and a biscuit type tea. Oh, yeah, lovely. Homework. Yeah. When you finish your homework, Rubbish. bit of telly, fish fingers and mashed potato. <laughs> Perfect. Maybe, maybe a bit more telly, read and then bed. So, you know, it, it is actually quite in, instructive to look back when, you know, people of my generation complain about screen time, of which I do, by the way. But we did spend quite a lot of time looking at screens ourselves, but they were just different. They were just different screens. Yeah. But I mean, you know, things that remind you of your childhood, one of the wonderful and terrible things about multi-channel television these days is you can flick on the BBC4. BBC4. Who thought you were going to find something on BBC4 you wanted to watch? <laughs> but you're about to go to bed. BBC4 can be brilliant. You flick on. They've got, you know, Top of the Pops from 1981. <laughs> and you cannot go to bed then <laughs> when they're playing. Because you will remember, like, every art well not actually some occasion there'll be one you don't but pretty much remember every artist sometimes you remember that individual performance wow and bear in mind it was only on once but somehow it sort of lodges in your in your brain do you think because when you you know when you grow up and when you're a child your brain is obviously developing mm. you remember things more clearly and yeah. more vividly yeah. than anything you remember in your adult life definitely which is why people definitely. get so nostalgic about talking about their childhood yeah and uh you know if you go back to say the street near where your mum and dad used to live smell mm-hmm. will stand out for you in a way that... Were you near a sewage work? <laughs> oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, just like... The, but that's exactly my point. The yeah. ambient smell, which is just not that remarkable, but because it's from that time in your life... I didn't realise it sounds quite insulting saying the smell on the street of my parents I don't mean that at all I just the mean lavender. the general atmosphere the feel of it the sounds all of it is very very evocative Let's move on to number mm. two, which is a TV show that gets you laughing. So I love a good bit of comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I love live stand-up comedy. Um, I love shows like the uh, the Fast Show, uh, as was Catherine Tate. But I think the funniest person on television is Peter Kay, and he can do 
uh, you know, he can do sitcom, he can do stand-up, he can do observation. He can just be very, very funny in an interview. And so anything with Peter Kay. He's just a marvel, isn't he? As yeah. you say, he's so unbelievably versatile. Yeah. While he's being stunningly ordinary. I mean, that is the genius yeah. of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. His private life <laughs> is never anywhere near no. the papers, you know, quite purposely. He can write. Um, yeah. he, he, he's absolutely mainstream and absolutely adored by everybody. Yeah. But people don't feel the need to have a piece of him like yeah. they often do with, with celebrities and entertainers. Well, what are your favourite shows that Peter Kay has done? Car Share is obviously is genius partly because you can go for these kind of quite long periods without there being a belly laugh uh, and enjoying that just the the normality the you know the routineness of the of the situation and then there'll be something very 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 funny obviously phoenix nights is very funny in a in a different way but actually old-fashioned stand-up uh, you know, the, whatever, the, uh, the Bolton Albert Halls or, the, uh, or the Blackpool yeah. Tower. I mean, it is just on a different level. Mm. And those are kind of clips that still circulate these days, even with our age group and younger age groups. Yeah. I've had someone come to me and say, look, look at this, who, who's three or four years younger. And it's uh, Peter Kay and those misheard song lyrics that he puts close and you go, oh, li listen to this. It's this, you know, yeah. wash me back, <laughs> wash me back. Have a listen to this. And people love it. it it's kind of timeless, isn't it? Please let and me that's the marry beauty. the vicar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. So if we had to narrow you down to one show, with Peter Kay, could you do it? Yeah, I, I would. I would say the sta stand up. The stand up. Yeah. Any specific yeah. one oh of any God. year, no, no, or no, just no, no, one of his stand up? My, That's all right. I don't have that great an encyclopedic yeah. knowledge of individual individual shows. I'm afraid he's got so much material out there, and he's done so many shows. There's even uh, a show going yeah. on on BBC One at the moment, I think, which is just there is, a compilation which is kind of, of his stand up. Of, yeah. So look, if, if forced to pick, are these DVDs I'm taking this Dead Island? Um, I think you can have them on a digital yeah. download, David, okay, because so that's the world that we live in. I'm going to go for live at the Albert Halls. Yeah. Just because it's also a great title for a video. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he is just fantastic, isn't he? And he's a national treasure. Yes. And we're very lucky to have him. And he constantly keeps regenerating with the times, doesn't he, yeah. really? Because Car Share is a very, very different show to Phoenix Nights yeah. that you've mentioned, where it's, you know, essentially a working men's club, isn't it? With yeah. those sort of characters. And Car Share is, is much more modern and progressive yeah. and, and quieter and subtler. It's, it's great. That's, he's a genius. Uh, let's move on to your first bonus choice, yeah. which is the TV personality that you get to spend your weekend with in press and watching these shows. Okay, so I'm going to count this man as a TV personality, even though really he's a radio personality, and who I have rediscovered in recent years because, so as an MP, Monday to Thursday, usually in Westminster, Friday, you're in the constituency. And when you've got a wonderful constituency like this one, <laughs> you drive a lot because... <laughs> Uh, everything, things are quite far apart. So right now, we are missing the great Steve Wright. Oh, in the afternoon. fantastic. So of course, oh, when no. I was younger, there was also Steve Wright in the afternoon, but it was on Radio 1, 3 to 5.30. Uh, it's now slightly different times. Uh, but on a Friday afternoon, of course, you also, as well as the main show, it's on Radio 2 now, but as well as the main show, you have from 4.15... About the time we finish, actually. don't know if it's Perfect coincidence timing. that we arranged it for then, from when I'm driving to my next appointment. Uh, a, a little segment called Serious Jockeying, which is possibly the best thing on, on radio. 
Oh, what a fantastic and, and, and choice. And I'm counting him as a TV personality because, of course, when I was a kid, it was all the radio and DJs also did Top of the Pops. Yeah, we, oh, I was going to so, say that. You can do So he, he counts. He, he narrated counts. and he wrote Top of the Pops too, I think. Uh, he's a great choice. And you know your Steve Wright stuff as well. And of course, Steve Wright's Sunday Love Songs on yeah. a Sunday, 9 to 11 a.m. as well. Yeah. Have you ever listened to I'm that? I'm not such an assiduous listener to that, partly because it clashes with the Andrew Marsh. <laughs> and I'm afraid <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is a work calls. imperative. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, with, with his love songs, what, what is... What is actually the format I've never listened to Steve Wright's Sunday Love Songs it, does he just play love songs yeah it's a request yeah. show and, and you hear, story, you hear yeah. stories from members of the public yeah. as well where they've met oh, and what songs were there when they were getting together and what was in their brain and maybe what they've played to woo someone that kind of thing it's a really nice show and they do <laughs> a um, yeah they, they do a, a weddings section of upcoming weddings and stuff so it's a pre-record love songs Every, obviously the weekday show things live but uh, Sunday's a pre-record I once had the opportunity of meeting the great man, oh, uh, wow. which was an amazing, uh, amazing experience. Uh, and we discussed, I mean, I'm sure he was, he just wanted to get on with his day, but it was, <laughs> it was very nice for me to meet him. And we talked about uh, Damien, the Radio One social worker, which is, won't mean a thing to you, but they used <laughs> to be on a Steve Wright in the afternoon back in the olden days uh, from 3 to 5.30. There was, there was a series <laughs> of characters. plug for the uh, one of show that finished yes. 20 years ago. <laughs> <One of them. laughs> And one of them was called Damien. And it, in those days, so when I was young, uh, no one was called Damien. It's a bit odd because now there's lots of people my age who are called Damien. So obviously they were actually around at that time. <laughs> but none of us had met, <coughs> had met any others. It was a very, very weird name to have. And so when there was a character on Radio 1 called Damien, that was quite exciting. But he was, he was a bit of a spoof <laughs> character. <laughs> that was the only problem. So you mentioned, <clears throat> was it Serious Jockeying is the yes. format there? <clears throat> what is that show? What is Serious Jockeying? Serious Jockeying is done by Steve Wright's alter ego, uh, who is uh, DJ Silly Boy. Um, and it plays, I say classic disco. It's not, it's not like a whole series of kind of Don, Donna Summer. It's um, banging tunes from through, <laughs> through the years that you would have had at your school disco that, you know, you, uh, interspersed with some brilliant sound effects, which I won't try and uh, imitate. <laughs> and, you know, there's sort of that kind of classic Ibiza thing that you intersperse intersperse the songs with and it's all very fast moving and just very funny at this point we would help you out with the um, disc jockey jargon but we can't because yeah. we're not very good at it either we say oh yeah that's a slider but actually I have no idea <laughs> well you've met the great man and now yeah. he's coming to Preston with you he's going to be watching the Wonder Years and Peter Kay stand up so far do you yes. think he'll enjoy watching those with you I'd be amazed if Steve Wright didn't love those two programs <laughs> Let's move on to your third TV show, which is a TV show that gets you sweating. So I don't, do, do people pick Joe Wicks or something for this? Because I, I didn't, so I wasn't sure quite how to how to it, interpret the sweating bit. It's but, normally um, a drama of okay, some sort. Okay, so possibly the best drama series ever made. Um, obviously, challenging subject matter, um, but Breaking Bad I think does okay. uh, awesome. Does kind of change. It changes your expectations of TV. And, uh, you know, we could talk about binge watching, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, and whether, you know, it's better for the soul to be exposed to lots, you know, lots of half-hour segments or one-hour segments of lots of different programs and so on. But, of course, once you start watching Breaking Bad you understand why people binge watch. It is a stunning piece of TV. Now, when we were going to record this in March, I had never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. Oh, wow. It was one that had escaped me for so many years because yeah. I was, 
you know, this five seasons is a daunting thing to have to do. Then lockdown happened, and I said, right, I'm going to do it. And I finished it about last week, wow. like last Monday. <laughs> so wow. I'm, I've got it really fresh in the mind. Yeah. Um, it is brilliant, isn't it? And it sort of changed the game, as you said, for binge-watching, because it was one of the very first shows yeah. that had so many episodes, and people started to, yeah. to binge on it, which has now paved the way for I think the, the culture we have now. One of the problems, though, is when you have watched something as good as that, it's actually really difficult to find something. So we were at home. So Jackie and I, my wife and I, watched an awful lot of Breaking Bad. Well, I mean, only once per episode, but that's still yeah, it's a lot altogether. Mm. Homeland was another. Um, although Homeland gets a bit weird. Mm. We've uh, had Homeland before, actually. The, People towards like the that. end, I think there's actually been another series since, but we're starting to get a little bit hard to uh, hard to take in. But then it's difficult to find something else which really measures up. Downton Abbey is another. I mean, it's yeah, in a classic. completely different way. Mm. Fantastic. Well, Damien, you've given us PewDiePie to Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a journey, <laughs> I have to great. say. Steve Wright across four decades. <laughs> Some of those shots as well are so iconic. The one for me is when oh, the, the baddie, I can't remember what he's called. Gus Fring, I believe. Gus, I told yes. you, I got it fresh in my yeah, head. Yeah, and, and he comes out of the hospital uh, and, he, and the camera pans around and half of his face has been blown off. That's horrible. And, and he kind of drops down. And, and that's one of the only times I've ever jumped at watching a, a drama like that. Yeah. It's phenomenal, isn't it? The old chap yeah. with the bell as well. Mm. You know, he can only communicate with the with the bell. Oh, that gosh, is yes, phenomenally the, good drama. I think he won an award for that. Yes, he did, I believe. Yeah. I think he won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor yeah. or something. He doesn't say a word. Yeah. And there's phenomenal tension in having someone yeah. that can't actually communicate other than by blinking and tapping yeah. a, a bell. For me, I think series one, two and three, and I love a drama, were exceptional. For, for me, series four and five very much more action-based, and I prefer the, the drama side of it, but, yeah. but incredible. So many people love it. It's the first show I ever binge-watched as well, uh, and I think it was the reason why I bought Netflix at the time. Yeah, wow. I that's true of quite a lot of people, actually. Mm. Brilliant. Let's move on to your last TV show, which is your free hits. Uh, it's the TV show, perhaps, that you couldn't live without, and it can be any show uh, of any genre. So I picked Cold Feet, and I have to tell you, I haven't watched an episode of Cold Feet for many years, but it was from an era, I think, that, I think it started in the end of the 90s, 1997, uh, based in Manchester. I'm from, I grew up in Manchester in my teen years, and it captures, I think, I think it captures that time very well, captures the different kinds of couples, families, uh, really well as well. And it is, again, a bit like the Wonder Years in a different way. It's very sort of comforting, familiar, suburban life the main actors and actresses in that have gone on to have humongously yeah. successful careers so we've got we've got and Adam some of them are quite successful already course, yes that's yeah, true so yeah. you've got james nesbitt and you had helen yeah. baxendale they were together yeah. weren't they and then you had um john thompson and faye yeah. ripley and then there's hermione norris and uh, david bathurst yeah and it's about their relationships isn't it and they're all friends aren't they yeah. and then inevitably throughout as the seasons go on there's affairs there's divorces yeah. children come into the picture yeah. there's deaths and it as you said with the um with breaking bad having a lot of seasons of something a lot of series of something yeah. allows you to have amazing character development and it's almost like a soap isn't it yeah in, in that you get so used to these main characters these core characters that you really live their lives yeah. with them don't you and and i think you also notice that a bit when so of those three covers, one of them, of course, split up. And it's not quite the same because <laughs> you, <'cause laughs> yeah. you've uh, you got to know them as a, as a couple. And I suppose that's rather like, in some ways, it's like in life. You know, Absolutely. People's relationships around you change, their circumstances change. And sometimes that is quite unsettling for you, actually, obviously not 
to the same, nearly the same degree as it is for them, but can be quite unsettling for you as a friend of theirs as well. Did you watch any of the uh, the new new stuff, the new no, cult? Honestly, theme? no. No. I mean, no. I suppose the novelty, um, and as you said, because it wasn't around, well, sorry, we weren't there for the first time, mm. is that it can be introduced to a brand new audience. Yeah. And the novelty is seeing them all 15 years on. James Nesbitt, yeah. of course, has triple the hair that he had uh, <laughs> at the time of the first <laughs> series. Um, and, and I think Mike Bullen, the writer and creator, has said now that, that, that they're going to rest That's it again it, yeah. now from 2020 because yeah. they came back and did three new ones. Yeah, but you see, the, the periodic comeback for a Christmas special of Only Fools and Horses, who's ever going to argue with that? I mean, obviously can't, obviously not now, but, not uh, now. but for the period when it was... And that worked. That always worked. So I suppose you've got to be able to experiment a bit and sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. Well, fantastic. Let's move on to your last choice, which is your second bonus option. And it's your food item, your unlimited snack uh, and supply that you get for the whole weekend to enjoy with Steve Wright in Preston. So is this this like a snack while watching telly is that the idea it can be yep it can be yeah. but this is all you get for the whole weekend the whole week, as well yeah. so it's the, well the thing i have in mind is not very nutritious um, that's okay but i it is a snack that i do eat on the occasion uh, of watching television and that <laughs> is so you you know you'll be familiar with watsits Absolutely. Everyone knows what a Watsit is. So Watsits are pretty good. Well, I, I'm, 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 gonna ha- I'm probably going to have to duck out of this one because <laughs> I, I really am not a fan of Watsits. You don't know Watsits? No, you, you mentioned association there when you were talking about, um, what was it you were talking about? And you just... And you oh, just the smell of... The smell uh, of something. Street, yeah. Or something like it's that. It's the texture, it's, isn't for it? For me, it's the Watsits. Yeah, I have terrible memories of, of being in primary school and there, there was a girl that always used to have Watsits every day and then her hands would be covered in the oh, orange yeah, okay, sort that. of fluff. Mm. And I thought, I just, something yeah, something about it, I thought, I can't be doing with that. You may, uh, you may have put me off now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so normally you associate like an own label version of a branded item as maybe, be careful what I say, I'm not insulting Inferior, any, uh, you're gonna any say. products, <laughs> but you associate with maybe not being quite quite as good as the branded original. But there is an exception to this. So I'm not, a, you know, not all the time shopping for food in Marks and Spencers, but when you do... You get their cheesy tasters, I think they're called. <laughs> <laughs> There's no this way they're called like, cheesy tasters. I think they are called oh, cheesy really? tasters. Yeah, they yeah. Are. And they come in different sizes, but there's one in, there's one massive size that they come in. And it is basically Watsits, but better. Better wow. than Watsits? Better than Watsits. I think it's basically because they just have more flavour. Because like Mark Spencer is quite premium food. Yeah. So I think they've basically just put more of the flavour stuff on. And it is... Oh. Their own branded stuff, I think it's fantastic. And now it's I must really be very nice. careful because, of course, all of these retail outlets are represented in my constituency. And they're all, all fantastic. Very important and valued local employees. And they are what they are all fantastic. Other cheese-based crunchy crisps <laughs> are available. Uh, sometimes <laughs> when they try and rename things, they really try close, don't they? So it's like, instead of what it's, it might be, what are these? Yeah. You orange, know, orange firework crisps. Yeah. 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 So you've got M&S Watsits there. Um, yeah. I have to say, I'll tell you what I love as well is those um, own brand like sort of chocolatey things that come in little tubs. Do you know oh, what I'm talking two, about? Two pounds. They're, they're or, super. Or two, no, two for four pounds. That's a real treat. Yeah. That is a real yeah. treat. How do you stand on Percy Pigs? So Percy, when I, when I lived in Brussels, um, there were there was there was one shop in the centre of the city called the English Shop, uh, which had you know, Twinings tea and various other things. You would go there every so often for light treats. Very very expensive. And there was one branch of Marks and Spencer right in the middle of Brussels. And every, well, actually, no, quite often when I was living in Brussels, I would go and buy stuff on a Saturday morning. You go for a little walk around the town, sit down in a cafe, take it easy. And then Marks and Sparks. And one of the things that I would buy was Percy Pigs. And I mean, this is, I was in my 
late 20s at the time. So no, you're not, young. You're, you're young. You're experimenting. You're I making mistakes. <laughs> but they are very. They are kind of Moorish. Yeah, I nice. don't anymore. I'm now at the stage of life where I realise I need to lose weight. You've retired and from Percy Pig. Uh, That's I, an exclusive. If we got one thing out of yeah, you today, I got to cut down the cheese tasters <laughs> and absolutely no Percy Pigs. Well, they changed the recipe of Percy Pigs in the last couple of years, and I don't think it's so good. Is that to remove the gelatine oh, to make so them? I think so. They're vegetarian, vegan, or vegetarian, vegan, or something yeah, like vegan, that. Yeah, yeah. They're just not the same these days. I always preferred his friend. Larry Lamb, the little lemon ones. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, not, they're yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 Well, you get to take them with Steve Wright to Preston for your whole weekend. Let me read your list back to you. So, you've got a TV show that makes you think of your childhood, which is The Wonder Years. You've got a TV show that gets you laughing, which is Peter Kay's stand up at the Albert Hall. You're taking Steve Wright with you as your TV personality to watch the shows with. The TV show that gets you sweating is Breaking Bad. Your free hit is Cold Feet. And your food item is the MS version of what's it's happy with those choices I think they're outstanding choices yeah given you're not often ever able to just relax and watch telly for an entire weekend uh. how do you think you're going to cope with this I think uh, I think very well actually do you I think yes you don't get restless or you don't want to go out and do something instead just remember this is a full on weekend oh you're not allowed literally not allowed out of the room mm, um, well ideally no we're not going to lock you in yeah. with a padlock <laughs> But ideally, I think I would cope. I think in life you can have little blocks of uh, little blocks of excess mm. on one on one thing for a while, and then yeah. and then move cheese on. tasters, for example. Cheese tasters, for example. Like, yes, uh, in moderation. <laughs> in moderation. <laughs> well, Damon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so Thank much you for, for coming me. on. Thank you very much for speaking with us here today. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been great chatting. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. And that was our episode with Damien Hines, MP. Yes, indeed. The right honourable gentleman. Talking of right honourable gentleman, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. And he was a gentleman, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He uh, he was very uh, polite, as you would expect. Um, <laughs> that's a minimum requirement to come on this show. Um, but he had some interesting television choices, given he doesn't have much time to watch TV. He did. Uh, his childhood choice was The Wonder Years, something that we haven't seen, the only one we haven't heard of from his choices. But he was able to describe it in such a lovely way, going back to his childhood, and it clearly resonated with him. Anything with Peter Kay was his TV show that gets him laughing. Uh, we narrowed him down to say uh, Peter Kay's stand-up, uh, specifically one at the Albert Hall. Yeah, who doesn't love Peter Kay? He's the Bolton messiah. He's taking Steve Wright with him to Preston. I like Steve Wright. I really like Steve Wright's Sunday Love Songs. You love his love songs, do you? I really like Steve Wright's Sunday Love Songs, yeah. Have you ever written in? No, I haven't. I've got no love, Luke. <laughs> not even when you've tried to woo, as you've done in the show. I, not even when I've tried to woo. I don't know what song I would choose to woo. Um, what would you do? Ooh, that's, are you Probably something really from Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who Skrillex is. Not a clue. <laughs> no, maybe Madness. Actually, it must be love. That's oh, a nice is song. Is a bit old school? What's the problem? Well, you think Steve Wright's playing stuff from Mabel? Well, yeah, probably. No, he's not. Breaking Bad for his sweating show. Really good choice there because everyone has pretty much seen it. Or if they haven't seen it, they've definitely heard of it and they know what it's about. I'm jolly pleased I have seen it. It was a hell of a commitment. It took me three months on and off, to be honest with you. And I really enjoyed most of it. I'm with you. I thought the first couple of series were, were better. And when he, you know, he's, he's in that split camp between telling his wife what he's doing on the side and, and mm -hmm. leading that double life. That's the really interesting bit. His free hit was Cold Feet. Uh, what a cast. What a cast. 
Yes, the ITV comedy drama. And his food was M&S version of What's It's. I'm with you in the fact that um, I don't like the texture. I don't like the taste. I don't like things on my fingers. So that's a no-no for me. I've been put off for life by uh, What's It's, by association, really. For, because of that reason, I can't have um, cheesy puffs either. I almost can't actually say that word. Or like cheese balls. Yeah, I don't even like <laughs> to say it. I find them so disgusting and mm. repulsive. The crunching, the flavour, the colour, what it does to your hands I find the whole thing repulsive M&S or not <laughs> it, it isn't just any old cheesy what's it it's a disgusting grotesque mm. one they wouldn't be our choice but they're his choice on the whole I thought his selections were really nice actually bye bye guys see you later bye bye